1: Hey, and welcome to Heart to Heart with Anna. This is Chris Perez, a.k.a. the HLHS Dad, and I'm sitting in today while Anna is enjoying some much-deserved vacation time. And, you know, before we get into today's episode, however, I wanted to take just a moment and really thank Anna Jaworski uh, for asking me to guest host this show for three weeks. Uh, that's, a, that's a big ask, and that's a big commitment, and I really appreciate her. You know, Heart to Heart with Anna is a tremendous labor of love, and I now know that between finding guests and doing recordings and editing and promoting the show, that Anna works really, really hard, uh, and she's tremendously passionate about the congenital heart defect community. So thank you, Anna, for everything you do, for the parents out there who are lost, hurting, and confused. I know you've had a very positive impact on their lives and on my life as well. So thank you so much for everything you do and for having me as your guest host for these three weeks. And now on to the show, and I hope you guys are hungry, and if not, you will get hungry. Um, Today's episode, uh, we've titled, Ruling the World, One Cookie at a Time, and our guest is the one and only Jesse Wimmer. And uh, Jesse Wimmer is the owner, baker, and mastermind behind The Cookie Cult, which is based in Charlotte, North Carolina. She's also a dedicated and hardworking mom to her children, Noah and Sparrow. Sparrow was born with a congenital heart defect and begins kindergarten this year. A Creative Loafing, which is a local arts and entertainment paper, profiled her in a 2013 article and said she has mastered the art of the chocolate chip cookie. And I'll tell you, I can absolutely, without a doubt, say that her cookies are absolutely delicious and addicting. And we're happy to have Jessie here uh, to share her story with us. So welcome to Heart to Heart, Jessie.
2: Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me.
1: So let's uh let's jump right in. Uh can you tell us a little bit about your family um and particularly uh, your daughter's congenital heart defect?
2: Yeah, I'm Jesse. I have two kids. As you said, Noah is um six and a half, he just started first grade, and then my daughter, Sparrow, just turned five and she has started kindergarten. Sparrow was diagnosed in the womb um about seventeen weeks with double inlet left ventricle transposition and an interrupted aortic art. And like a lot of congenital heart babies, she has had a total of three open heart surgeries and then a handful of um calf labs as well. She had the fontan when she was three years old back in October two thousand thirteen. And that was probably the most difficult just being in the hospital the longest, and she ended up getting RSV while we were in the wow. ICU. So that made the stay quite a bit longer in the ICU than I think anybody was planning for. So that was tough, but you know, she came through and she's such a champion now. Most people would see her and never know that she has had all these surgeries. <laughs>
1: Yeah, she she. If you ever catch her picture, she looks like quite the character, and she looks like quite a fun kid. And I know she has been through a lot. One story in particular that will just always never cease to blow my mind. Um, You know, after Sparrow's uh, last surgery, that Fontan procedure, um, you and and the doctors witnessed an absolute miracle. Would you mind kind of sharing that story with our listeners?
2: Yeah, yeah. October 2013, Sparrow was scheduled um, to have the Fontan, and so it was a long it was a long process. But I remember we got moved up to the recovery room after a week or so and everything looked really promising that we'd be transferring her meds to oral that she'd start we started getting her walking out of bed and using the bathroom and so it's like, Oh, everything's moving forward, this is the right progress But I'll never forget there was a morning I'm you know, curled up in my sleeping bag on the couch and She's asleep, Sparrow's asleep, and the technician comes in to do an echo very early in the morning. I'm never sure why it always was scheduled like that, but Sparrow somehow remained asleep through the echo, but I was awake, and I watched the technician's face, and I realized something was wrong. Um, Of course, she couldn't tell me. uh, You know, she's not the physician, so... Needless to say, a couple hours later, I've got the whole team comes in and sit me down. And they explain that the brand new piece that they put in, the Fontan, um, had a bend or a fold in it. And they showed me a bendy straw. And they said, so we need the blood to be flowing through this piece, but it's bent in half. And the flow is constricted. It's still flowing, but it's not fluent and as much as we want it to be. So they said at this point, you know, we're going to just monitor her and hope that it'll straighten out on its own. Um, and then, of course, the worst news was if it doesn't straighten out, they basically were like, we'll do the whole thing over again in the spring. <laughs> so here I am, you know, thinking... I thought we were getting ready to go home, and now you just basically explained to me that everything you did is not right, like it's not working. So long story, they sent us home, and then they said in, you know, four to six weeks, come back, we'll do a cath lab, we'll check out the fold, and we'll see if anything's changed. And I said, you know, what is the hope here? Like what what am I looking at? What are we speculating could change between now and then? And they said, we don't know you know, the, her blood pressures could get better as she starts moving and stretching and it, her body could just, you know, unfold the fold. So nothing really seemed very hopeful, honestly, to them or to myself. And I kind of, you know, wasn't real hopeful. But so we go back and I waited in the waiting room during her cath lab and the doctor call, came back sat me down at a table and he explained all these things about the pressures here and there and you know this looks great and that looks great and then all of a sudden in the mix of everything he says he just says anyway and I didn't see a fold in the fontan and I like slammed my hands on the table and I stopped him and I said I'm sorry wait you're going to have to back up what did you just say and he smiled and he said "Uh, I don't know call it a medical miracle. I mean, call it what you want, but I did an extremely thorough search, and there was absolutely no fold. And I just stared at him with tears in my eyes, and I could—I wow. mean, I could barely get the words out. I just said, "There's no fold. There's no fold." And then I just got louder and louder. There's no fold. Um,
1: <laughs> and I remember that. So, uh, I remember seeing when you had uh, posted on online uh, about that moment. I remember even kind of jumping up under my seat, like, "Oh my God, could that even be yeah. possible?" And uh, it was just. It's just incredible, and I couldn't imagine how you felt in that situation. It's just just a great oh, story
2: well later, I mean even later that night we we had to stay one night just to get umrow's oxygen levels back to where they needed to be and uh he came he came i mean it was like nine o'clock, and here he comes he brought us pictures of one image from October when we left that showed the fold, very clear. And then the image he took today, you know, that day in December, and he said, you know, There's, it's not there. And I, you know, I can't, like you said, the the emotions that coursed through my blood in that moment, it was like hope, relief, disbelief, completely disbelief, and everything like collided, you know, it took my breath away. But it was, it was that moment, oh, I can move forward, like she's well, you know, that, and
1: That's wonderful. Amazing it's story. Key, and,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, it's so exciting too. So, since then, you started your own business called The Cookie Cult. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you got that started? Yeah.
2: So, I started The Cookie Cult in like spring 2013. My favorite local car- coffee shop um, in Charlotte is called Not Just Coffee. They were having an all day fundraiser for some medical needs of one of the baristas, and he's a buddy of mine. So, I you know, told the manager, James, that I wanted to help somehow. And he laughed. He's like, well, you don't do coffee. And I said, I don't know. Just I'll wash dishes, whatever. I want to help. So he said, sure, just show up, you know, this particular Saturday morning at 7 a.m. Well, the night before, I said, oh, well, I know something I can do. I bake a really mean chocolate chip cookie. I should just bake a bunch of them, package them, bring them in, and see if people want to buy them for donations. So I show up. James was pretty impressed and he said, wow, these look amazing. So they sold quickly and were demolished within a few short hours.
0: And (laughs) he
2: contacted me and he said, what did you put in those cookies? And I was like, it's just cookie stuff, you know. But sure enough, we started a little business partnership at that point. And then since then I've gotten my LLC. I have a website and I've somehow attained a small cult-like following. But I also sell cookies at Okra. It's like a yoga studio tea room in the Plaza Midwood area. At both of the not just coffee locations, which is going to be three locations, and then I'll cater for events for churches and businesses, and then take personal orders online. I will ship to anywhere in the U.S. And I'm just—I'm kind of one of those people who I enjoy an instant product. So starting my cookie business kind of suits me. <laughs> it just kind of created itself. When they sold for the fundraiser, I thought, oh, I guess I could make a business out of this. So it's a little bit accidental.
1: <laughs> hey, it sounds like it works out really well. And I'll tell you, I am, for all those listeners out there, I am a 100% follower of the cookie cult for sure. They're fantastic <laughs> and Uh, We'll we'll share a little bit more, again, uh, toward the end of the show on how to get your own. But thank you, Jesse, for sharing this information with us. And now it's time for a little commercial break. uh, But don't leave yet. Coming up, we're going to continue talking with Jesse about her business, and hopefully we'll make you crave some cookies if you haven't done so already.
0: The Heart of a Father, and Hypoplastic Left Heart Syndrome, a handbook for parents, will help you understand that you are not alone. Visit babyheartspress.com to find out more.
1: Hey, welcome back to our show Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. This is Chris Perez filling in for Anna. Uh today's show, Ruling the World One Cookie at a Time, features Jessie Wimmer, owner of The Cookie Cult. So we just finished uh hearing about Jessie's experiences with her daughter and about the start of her cookie business. Uh let's welcome her back so we can learn some more. Uh so Jessie, when Sparrow was born, did you did you ever think that you would one day run your own business?
2: Oh gosh, no. Absolutely not. I, I I'm sure most heart parents can agree, but when Sparrow was born, all I could think about was keeping her alive, and then secondary was keeping myself alive. <laughs> the you know the no sleep, forgetting to eat, forget what day it is. That whole journey of being a heart mom was all consuming, and I, I mean I can definitely say it, cha- it completely changed my life. Pretty much everything in my life, except my son who. My little Noah is the love of my life. But besides Noah, I, I would say everything took a backseat when Sparrow was born. I can remember even when she was sleeping, I would just lay awake worrying about her oxygen levels and her NG tube and just being afraid of losing her. And I think as far as I could dream in you know, into the future was just hour by hour and then eventually day by day. As she started to grow and we saw some progress, I kind of felt lost. I didn't know what to think or feel. And even though there would be like a ton of relief, like, oh, she's better. They just, you know, the doctor just said she's doing great and patted me on the back. But I would leave feeling a little lost, I think, because I had invested, you know, every ounce of myself into just seeing to her care, and then it was a shift. Like, oh wait, well now, I get to just be her mom. I don't just have to be her her medical assistant or her nurse. I I get to enjoy my baby in a, in a way that I think all other parents get to enjoy their kids. So it was it was not ever on my mind that I was going to birth a business.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that's amazing. That's the thing is we when we have our kids that that have these D's, it's it's almost natural for us as our new normal um, to be caregivers and to learn all this medical stuff if you're not so inclined and to run to appointments and do all the feeds and the echoes and all those things. And we kind of forget as we get used to that new normal um, to kind of <laughs> reacclimate ourselves to it and yeah. our own lives. Yeah. So um, it's really great that um, you know, you, you've gotten to a point where Sparrow's doing really well and you've got this really great uh thriving business. And so is there anything you learned in your journey with Sparrow that you've used to kind of drive your own success business-wise?
2: Oh yeah, I I think I think that everything that has happened since Sparrow was born, I feel like it's I've redefined myself honestly. Not just the whole starting and growing my own business, but really like all life in general. I feel like I learned for myself I'm capable of so much more than I ever thought I was capable of doing. It's like that moment where I think I'm so tired. I have nothing left. I can't do one more thing. You know, one more doctor cannot walk in the room and give me more bad news or another medication to try to get down her throat. But then they do and I accept it and we move through it, and it's done, and, it, and it, I realize, oh, wait, I thought I couldn't do this, and I think that there's some secret reserve inside of everybody, and you have to have, or I realize for myself, being willing to, even though I feel like, oh, I have nothing, you know, like, I literally can't, I can't handle one more traumatic thing yeah, but then I've it happens, there. and, you know, but but it happens, and you can't control it, and then you're like, wait, it's the next day. How am I still functioning, and I'm my kids are alive, and I'm alive, and everything's moving forward still, you know? And it's that moment, like, oh, I did it. I'm doing it. <laughs> and so for that, like, yes, I remember um, being in the hospital with my screaming three-year-old who just, had open heart surgery and someone wants to come in and take her blood at five in the morning thinking seriously i'm you know i can't we can't do this and then shifting now into getting a call very last minute hey jesse we need to bake you we need you to bake 20 dozen cookies and i'm tired and i've worked all day and it and then but it's like wait i know i can do this it's just a matter of hunkering down and getting it done and then before you know it, you, you're you done. You've done it. And you're and nothing horrible happened, you know? Like you're still able to function and move forward. And it, there's something very empowering. I think a lot of people would talk to me and be like, I don't know how you did it. You're just so, you have so much courage and strength. And, you know, but when, when I look in the mirror through all those hard times with Sparrow, and then even now, I don't. oh, oh, I'm so brave, oh, I have so much courage. I just literally did what I was told. Like a doctor said, do this, your daughter will live. So I did it. (laughs) And there was a lot of sacrifice, obviously, a lot of self-sacrifice. And I think if you set your mind to anything, no matter how difficult it may seem, I think we'd be surprised what we're capable of when we don't think we're capable (laughs)
1: absolutely and thank you for sharing that that story of resiliency so what does the future hold for sparrow and uh even for noah and for the cookie cult
2: yeah oh man sparrow's got big dreams she's a real independent little girl and i think that resilience that i was just speaking of is definitely innate in her and you know she's a fighter. She's a really strong, confident little girl for being five, and she dreams of becoming a vet. Um, she loves animals, and the, you know it's kind of new. It changes changes every couple of months what she wants yeah. to be. But there was a season she wanted to be a heart doctor, and she was like talking with Dr. Bensky about it. She also is loves music and singing, so she says she'll be both. She said, Mommy, you know, you're a mommy and you bake cookies, so I can do two things too. And I said, yeah, absolutely. And then my son Noah, he loves science. He wants to be a scientist or some type of explorer, adventure explorer. And then the future for the cookie cult, uh, I'm just going to keep baking. As long as people want my cookies, I'm going to keep feeding feeding the masses and I think a near future goal is to have built um, a cookie cart similar to, you know, like a ice cream kind of cart. Oh, yeah. But, in, but instead of it being cold, it would be warm. So when you get a cookie, it's going to be warm. Probably feature on the cart some coffee, maybe some cold milk that you can get with your cookie. So that's kind of a little business plan I'm coming up with right now. Well, and, that sounds awesome. and then, Yeah, and then... Further down the road, probably a brick and mortar at some point.
1: Well, that sounds great. Everybody's going to be booking their flights now um, to Charlotte to, (laughs) to come check out your cart and your brick-and-mortar store, and I definitely encourage them to do so. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, Jesse, for continuing to share your powerful story. Uh, Now it's time for our next commercial break, uh, but don't leave. Uh, Coming up, we're going to finish up our show. Uh, Jesse will give parents out there some great advice, and she'll tell you how you can get hooked on your own by ordering cookies from the cookie cult uh, when we return to Heart to Heart with Anna.
0: Anna Jaworski has spoken around the world at congenital heart defect events, and she is available as a keynote or guest speaker for your event. Go to hearttoheartwithanna.com to to learn more about booking Anna for your event. You can also find out more about the radio program. Keep up to date with CHD resources and information about advocacy groups, as well as read Anna's weekly blog. Anna wants you to stay well-connected and participate in the CHD community. Visit com today. All right, and
1: welcome back to our show, Heart to Heart with Anna, a show for the congenital heart defect community. This is Chris Perez filling in for Anna. Today's show, Ruling the World, One Cookie at a Time, features Jesse Wimmer, owner of the Cookie Cult. And we just finished talking with Jessie about her business and how her experience as a heart mom has helped her. Uh, Now we only have a couple minutes left, but I'd like Jessie to give us a little bit of advice. So, Jessie, there's a lot of innovative and crafty and creative heart parents out there, and some of them may dream of one day starting their own business, but they're really scared or hesitant. Uh, What advice would you give to these listeners?
2: Oh, man, listen, there's never going to be enough time our kids are never going to be in a completely perfect stable place like yeah. the stars will never align i think if you have a dream you just go for it you you take that first step and you be willing you be willing to risk you know failure or risk losing a little bit of money or risk whatever it is but i think the most important thing is that you're willing to try and the advice that i give is you just take your first step whether it's you sketch up what it is you want to do whatever your dream is talk to other people get connected the internet obviously is a brilliant resource and you could learn just about anything i little secret here didn't go to culinary art school i have created and mastered my own recipes and you know i will occasionally run into a culinary student who will ask me, you know, very specific questions about my sugars or my flowers, And I don't have the educated answer to give. You know, I have what I've learned from experience. So I think we are often, we feel threatened by, oh, we need more experience or we need to go to college for this or that. And I did go to college, not to bake cookies. But, I, I you know, I think our life experiences can prepare us in ways that, you don't realize. And then you you learn, you know. I'm, I'm having to manage not just the fun cookie side of it where I get to bake them and taste them and sell them, but I have to manage all the other end, the back end stuff, the administrative and the money and budgeting. And, you know, that's not my strong point, but I'm learning. And I think just the last thing I would say about this, I love that my children get to watch the journey cuz they ask a lot of questions and they what what kind of parent am i if i say you know go after your dreams no matter what but i'm not if if i'm not setting that example for my kids but they watch me and you know just a week ago my son Noah he said he messed up he made a mistake or something and he said, "Mom, do you ever make mistakes?" And so we had a moment, and I sat down, and I said, "Yeah, one time I burned an entire like four dozen cookies I burned uh-huh. them you know, and he said, "Mom, what did you do?" I said, "You know, I was really bummed about it, but <laughs> we we pick ourselves back up, we toss them in the in the trash or feed them to the birds, and then you know you you have to press on, and you learn from your mistakes. so it was like a really good life lesson." I got to share with my son, you know, that he watches me. He watches me in my business.
1: Well, that is really awesome advice, and I hope uh, everybody listening has benefited from it. And finally, you know, I'm hoping that by now everybody who's listening is just super hungry and craving these cookies. So <laughs> how can our listeners get get their hands-on cookies from the cookie call? And maybe what are a, a few flavors you recommend?
2: Okay. Um, if you're in Charlotte, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, you can get the Cookie Cult Cookies at Not Just Coffee. There's a location at 7th Street Market. There's one at Atherton Market. And they're getting... It's not open yet, but there'll be a third one coming soon. You can also purchase the cookies at Okra Yoga Studio in the Plaza Midwood area. And then online, I have a website. It's real easy. TheCookieCult.com. You can order cookies online. I also have t t-shirt you can purchase. And... I would say the most popular, I know it's cliche, but the most popular cookie I sell is the chocolate chip cookie. It is crunchy on the outside, and it's a little gooey in the middle. It features both a milk chocolate chip and a dark chocolate chip. And then my personal favorite is the crunchy peanut butter. It has real peanuts in it, so that's the crunchy part. But it's this really perfect blend of sweet and savory that just drives me crazy, <laughs> so those are those are my two. I have a bunch of other crazy I did a bacon bourbon cookie for Father's Day that was wildly popular. Oh, I gotta and try that one. It's like the secret one that's not on my website. <laughs> <laughs> But you shoot me an email, and if I'm in a good mood, you never know—I might bake it up for you. <laughs> that
1: sounds like a plan, and and I'll tell you what, guys—I can definitely uh, vouch for both the chocolate chip and the peanut butter. Uh, they're probably my favorites, and they're both incredibly addicting so if you're listening and your stomach is grumbling listen to your tummy and go to the cookie and order several dozen maybe some for you some for your friends heck get some for your enemies too they'll probably like you a lot more after that and support (laughs) and support a great heart mom that's doing amazing work thank you thank you thank you jesse for your time and for sharing your passion with us and and with the world. And best of luck in the future um, with your business. Oh,
2: thank you. Thank you so much, Chris. It was a lot of fun.
1: And that concludes this episode of Heart to Heart with Anna. Thanks for listening today. Please come back next week on Tuesday at noon Eastern time. Until then, please find us and like us on Facebook. Check out our website, hearttoheartwithanna.com, and our Cafe Press Boutique. Follow our radio show on Blog Talk Radio and Spreaker. And remember, friends, you are not alone.